I'm pumped for snatch. 86 carats. Oh, well, I don't know. Drop the gun, fat boy. What do you for a caravan? Do you understand a single word of what he just said? Welcome to Cocktail Cinema in a brand new year. <laughs> Same old us. <laughs> I am your first favorite bartender, your third favorite author, Josh Price. And I am here, oh, here in 2021 with Fozman. The year is 2021. The Fozman has arrived on scene. Looking and around for other Earth beings to <laughs> follow me. Kick it to my master of the mix. Yeah, sure, why not, right? <laughs> New Year's same me. New Year's same Shast. What's up, guys? Was it over the top? Was it over the top? No, I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to start we, it off. I like we'll it. do it live. Fuck it. Fuck it. We're pumped. It's the New Year. <laughs> pumped All as right. fuck. Welcome to not just our, our first cocktail cinema of the year, but our first episode of the year. And as we so subtly told you, it is Snatch. Um, and the drink we have paired with us is the White Diamond. White Diamond? White Diamond. So, oh. in uh, in your first official drink of the year, we have an ounce of vodka. Yes! Today we're working with Svedka. First official vodka drink. An ounce of triple sec. And then uh, we got this in a, in a lowball glass with some ice. You fill that up with... Uh, grape juice. We're actually using sparkling grape juice because we felt like being fancy. Kitties and I kind of like it. I like it. I like the bubbles. I do too. I like it. The bubbles. I uh, I nice. I've dude. always enjoyed like sparkling grape juice. So like, and it was always like to play with it. Yeah, right. It was always a treat in New Year's. Like, ooh, the kitties get to have fun. I might like sparkling grape juice more than I like champagne. I'm not a big champagne guy. Buddy. I haven't really drank the good stuff. You guys drink the good stuff? <laughs> well, I'll that's why we do this podcast. Stuff, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with some pineapple juice. And, uh, <laughs> top it off with a little pineapple like, juice. Like champagne called, like, John's. What's, what's, what's you drinking over there? Ch- champagne cocktails. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Cooks. Yeah. Cooks. There it is. <laughs> Cooks and juice. Tree fitty. Tree fitty a pop, dog. Cooks and, and grape drink. Not there this fancy is. sparkling stuff <laughs> right. we got here today. I'll tell you what. Now, before we get into the nuts and bolts of the film itself, you can make a few variations of this drink just by changing up the juice. Um, so there's a there's a red diamond that you can do with dark grape juice. Um, there's a brown diamond that scared me. I didn't even look into what was in that. Brown diamond. Yeah. Mm. It, uh, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to go there, but it is a possibility. There's like six diamond drinks that are the same basic build with different mixer. So like amaretto is so, probably brown. Brown diamond. Maybe yeah. Mm. What would what would the mixer be on that though? Sounds like a skiing thing where you go down on your ass or something. <laughs> yeah, brown right. diamond. Like, yeah, you go down the hall. Do you want to see my brown diamond? <laughs> uh, I don't shit. think so. Welcome to the new year. Uh, all right. So. Snatch. Cheers. Snatch was released in the UK in 2000 and in the US in 2001. Oh. It was written and directed by Guy Ritchie, and it was produced by Matthew Vaughn, who many of you will remember was the director of Kingsman. It had a meager budget of $10 million, and it did pretty decent at the box office with uh, $83.6 million. Hmm. <clears throat> solid, solid, solid. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, think that, I think they're still making money <clears throat> in this movie, though. They've you know, got to be. I mean, this movie is such a cult hit. I've, I've watched this movie a million times. You know what I mean? I feel like mm-hmm. been... I rented it for four bucks. I mean, yeah, <laughs> right. for sure. Right. I, I picked it up at half price 
uh, shit, months ago for probably like $3. Boom. Yeah, I got like the, the, the deluxe two-disc edition. Well, the deluxe yeah, edition. $3. You're, uh, it's a steal. This movie's yeah. fucking sick. This let's, movie's amazing. Let's do it, Josh. Yeah. So, our first speed summary here. Let me, let me get into character. Mm. All right. So, Snatch is the story of a guy named Turkish, who is definitely not Turkish, and his brother Tommy, as they set up a bare-knuckle boxing, ba- boxing match and proceed to lose their first fighter to their second fighter, <laughs> who is the delicious Brad Pitt. <laughs> Jeez, we're starting the new year off right. At the same time, there is a second plot going. Uh, that involves our drink, the White Diamond. It is a giant. What is it? 80, uh, 46 86 carat diamond. Carats, the size of a fist. It's huge. It's huge. Um, this diamond is stolen by Benicio del Toro, dressed as a Jewish rabbi. And uh, half the movie is about some wacky shenanigans where the diamond gets stolen by some guys who run a porn shop, I believe. <laughs> Pawn shop? No. Was bookie. it a porn shop? No, it was it's a, a pawn, pawn shop. shop. It's yeah. a pawn shop. Okay. Because yeah. they're intro. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll so you get mixed up in the in the in, in, the, the, in the brogue in the dialogue. The brogue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a language barrier. It's the it's, same it's, language. It's not a porn shop. It's a pawn shop. This whole time I thought they were selling. I've been here for three days movies. and no one's speaking the fucking language. <laughs> <laughs> so the diamond changes hands a few times, and uh, eventually, after. Some wild fingers. shenanigans and some pretty gruesome deaths. Uh, Brad Pitt disappears. Turkish winds up with the diamond, and everybody else is in jail. That was speedy. The end. Holy smokes, Yosh. Everyone else is in jail except for... Whatever, we'll get there. You're too. right. <laughs> we'll get there, too. That was a speedy one. We'll get there, too. Yeah. So... You want to talk cast? I do. Let's do this. I'm gonna. I want to prelude to this. Uh, Guy Ritchie <clears throat> is a master of his cast mm-hmm. and master of this role and master of the speed that Josh was able to do on this movie. Thank you. Is a nod to the glorious Guy Ritchie way of filming mm-hmm. and writing. I think. That, I think it says a lot. I I agree, and we'll get into get into some of his quick cuts uh, later. I don't want to cut you off too much. No, 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 for sure. I just wanted to. Yeah, no, Guy Ritchie's one. Guy Ritchie's my guy. He's Guy Ritchie's my guy. He's the dude. I like him a lot. So we got Brad Pitt <clears throat> as Mickey, um, forefront. Um, one of the best roles that he, in my opinion, he's. Created. I agree. Um, Jason Statham, you know him as Turkish. Um, also, he is the narrator. Um, mm-hmm. He goes through, talks about Tommy, all that kind of good stuff. Um, you know him now. They're all these are all household names. Mm-hmm. Benicio del Toro, Frankie Four Fingers, uh, Vinnie Jones as Bullet Tooth Tony, mm-hmm. one of the most underrated uh, characters in this movie because he's only got a short spot. Yeah, but and actors is, and yeah. actors. Yeah, yeah. In the in the film, um, Stephen Graham as Tommy, little little Tommy, <laughs> little, little Tommy Two Toes. Yeah, I like Dex. <laughs> he was named after a gun. So I hear. <laughs> yeah, well, his gun didn't work. Raid Serbeja. Serbeja. Uh, apparently a full-blown fucking Russian. Boris the Blade. Um, Alan you, you Ford. Might, you might know him from uh, being the villain in, in Mighty Joe Young. Like, wait, Mighty Joe Young, like the gorilla movie? <laughs> yeah, he's the poacher. <laughs> we're going to 
We're not gonna... <laughs> I'm going to act like you didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. The Uz- Uzbekistanian? Yep. Uh, Alan Ford, Bricktop. My favorite character in this whole movie, actually. Um, killing it. Dennis uh, Farina as Farina. Avi. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been in a ton of stuff. You, yeah. He's a, he's a face. He, Bunch of wise guy movies. He was on Law and Order for a while. Yeah, you don't know his name, but you know his face. He's, mm-hmm. he's there. And he's a fucking brilliant... He's in a he's in a movie I want to cover next year called uh, uh, "You Kill Me," so just keep okay. that in your back okay. pocket. Um, we have uh, Lenny James as Saul. Yeah, um, he has become more prevalent. Um, Walking Dead. He's he's yeah, that is he's him. The staff yeah. carrying guy. Um, I forgot his name in that movie. But anyway, yeah. moving on, uh, Robbie Gee as Vinny. Ade, Adi, Adi, Ade. He's got. I think he's Ade. Yeah. He like a he's got he's one of those guys that has one word name like Cher Madonna Cher Seal Seal Prince that's Tyrone that big beautiful man Tyrone Fozzie Bear (laughs) hey and Tyrone was not here you know what I'm not gonna make that joke keep going jeez here we go (laughs) here we go Mike Reed as Doug the Head Um, Adam Fogarty gorgeous George that okay large motherfucker. Um, and Soricha Cusack, which I don't think there's any correlation with John Cusack or any of that kind of th- thing, okay. but, um, she's, she's Mickey's ma. She's ma. She's ma. She's ma. There's a shit ton more people, um, that are involved in this movie, but yeah. I think those are the big ones. Um, the cast is huge. The cast is... It's like you said, you gave Josh props for giving an ode to Guy Ritchie's, you know, mm-hmm. cutscene style, mm-hmm. you know, that, that direction style. And you literally just did all the main characters. <laughs> and how how good this man is at what he does is... Well, you, you introduced them very similarly to the way they're introduced in the film. That's what I was going like to get at, too, as, as well. It's, it, they're introduced very comically. And mm-hmm. when I say comically, not phony, as a, as a comic book. Mm-hmm. Like comic so, book, yeah. So they yeah. go through... So instead of the regular directing kind of style that like some people do and and don't do, mm-hmm. Guy Ritchie chose to just put these people in front of your face with no backstory, none of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But he wanted to mm-hmm. put them in your head as huge punchers. Mm-hmm. No pun. Well, a couple of them are huge punchers. Yeah, exactly. And um, talking about the intro, like the intro scenes, it's mm-hmm. so many fast cut yep. scenes. Um, yep. Tim Maurice Jones was the director of photography for the movie. Okay. And his name is at the end of like all the badass characters you just listed. Mm-hmm. Guy Ritchie comes up again. He comes up too. Mm-hmm. And all like the beside, behind the scenes shit I was watching is like this dude with his hands, you know, his thumbs yeah. and pointer fingers making a frame in front of his face behind Guy Ritchie as he's directing. Oh, no mm-hmm. shit, huh? Yeah. Like he is, like he's, I, I, I noticed him because he was in a separate interview. He's total mm-hmm. analog. He, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you know it's like I mean? Guy Ritchie's directing style has yeah. to do with his editing team. Mm-hmm. Like Perfect. if you're watching yeah. what you're watching, it's like, like, yeah, like he's not sitting behind a computer, yeah. like editing this shit. He, but he is getting people that he feels is like minded to mm-hmm. help him. That's fucking cool. So yeah. like, yeah, seeing the separate interview with with Tim Maurice Jones, and then going to just the behind all the behind the scenes shit for Snatch, mm-hmm. you see Tim 
Yeah. Like I said, Iron hands it up. Are, yeah, yeah, behind guy, guys directing. This dude just running, and he's he's directing his team. And this, this is the guy who makes the like the photo cards yeah. mm-hmm. with yeah. with the intro scene you're talking about. You know what I mean? Uh, Soul pulls money out of the, the the safe and throws on a table. Mickey O'Neill picks it up yeah. and yeah. gives some chains exactly. away. Uh, yeah. Frankie Four Fingers throws the chains on the table, and he's gambling. Perfect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like I got to see kind of the nice the hand black and white drawn yeah. photos of Those all storyboards. So yeah. like, how does that how does that to, uh, equivalent to you for in a producer way, you know. Like, do you think that's like? Well, Ma- like Josh said, Matthew Vaughn produced this, who's mm-hmm. an amazing director, and he was also in a lot of the behind, behind the scenes shit. Like, there's there's one. It's called the Making a Snatch, and it's Guy mm-hmm. Ritchie, and it's uh, Jason Statham playing chess, and that's a common thing throughout all his movies. Is like a chess game or card games mm-hmm. yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, so yeah. that's kind of how right, they base right. it around. Cool, dude. But yeah, holy shit, that's yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. But you'd, you'd see Matthew Vaughn kind of doing the produce. Like we've talked mm-hmm. about him doing Kingsman, and we're yeah. gonna do we're gonna cover another movie called Layer Cake with him. And you, mm-hmm. We're gonna see these like how great of a director he is. But it's also like as a producer, like just being able to bullshit with dude. Look at the, the, all the people you just mentioned. Yeah, you yeah. got to you got to deal with the talent, like mm-hmm. and yeah. like what they're eating. All these dudes are talking about eating potato salad sandwiches. <laughs> like if we're lucky and shit, I good. Like Matthew Vaughn's just running them, just mm-hmm. running them. It's I think it was a great team overall, and that kind of Absolutely. shows with with their, even the director of photography just yeah. showing the opening scene. Awesome, awesome I, I agree. Yeah, I'm pumped for Snatch. You're pumped, babe. You've been pumped for Snatch. Ooh. <laughs> I love this one, Chassie. That was an amazing, yeah. amazing ad- additive to that. You got to give the guys props. who are like, yeah, Guy Ritchie. Like when yep. we did Tim Burton, mm-hmm. you know, we That's we, we came did to mind. Yeah. Because yeah. he was the director of the makeup, and yeah. makeup was such yeah. a big part of Beetlejuice. Yeah. Like, if you appreciate the, the directing of it, yeah. you mm-hmm. got to appreciate yeah. the guys who he has. Yeah, and then like to the, do with, it. with thing with with Carpenter. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. You know, well, like, when and, we get to yeah. when we get to some of those uh, the um, Coen Brothers films, we're going to be talking about uh, the his cinematographer. His name is escaping me at the moment, but yeah, that's another like huge name in cinematography. Like, this guy knows his shit probably. Yeah. Like the guy who's working with Guy Ritchie is on that level. The guy with the guy, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, guy and guy, guy action, guy. for sure. Whew. Heck yeah, man! This movie is fucking yeah. sick. This movie's great. I love it. I, and I've watched this movie um, probably fifty times mm-hmm. in my in my lifetime. Yeah. Um, but I sat down <clears throat> two days ago and actually like watched it critically. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we've talked about it, it gets better, it gets worse. This movie. Got so much better in my in mm-hmm. my mind's eye. Um, just there's a lot. It seems it moves very fast. Yes, you know the the pacing is very fast. Um, but they they give total time to engulf some characters in complete disbelief, mm-hmm. quick, quick sorrow, quick. I mean the Brad Pitt scene when his mom's burning. In the, yeah. in the caravan that slow yeah slow pain it's in. just like you don't hear anything that's going on other than the narration in that scene it is so dark and so emotional and that's another huge part it comes out of nowhere Guy Ritchie's huge. movies is a narration and, and like Turk yeah. doing all of the you know now we are fucked him introducing himself yeah. in the beginning my yeah. parents met on a plane and yeah. a plane crash and I was named after the plane not the country right <laughs> not many people are named after a plane crash and it starts off her time that's cool I didn't, put, I, that's another one I didn't catch that's no, awesome like, you mm-hmm. watch any of his movies like Lockstock Alan yeah. Ford Bricktop is narrating yeah. the mm-hmm. entire movie for Lockstock he's not even a, a character in the movie 
That's good. You know what I mean? His narrations his awesome. His narrations are like you, you need something, right? With those cutscenes. Yeah. yeah. Like five point oh, all that shit. Like yeah. you mm-hmm. need you kind of need that extra layer on top of it. Yeah. With do. the sound effects. You do. I, yeah. Yeah, and, and like tying that into like so Guy Ritchie is like the king of smash cuts. I know I talk about smash cuts a lot, mm-hmm. but Guy Ritchie really perfected that style. Yeah. Not and, just and, with and you the know cuts. me, I'm not always a fan of that. Right. And I right. am so much of a fan of this. So, so I'm the, sorry the, the well uh, there was a there was a movie like in in uh, in Scott Pilgrim you weren't a huge fan of the Smash mm-hmm. Cuts right off the bat in this movie what's different about them is not only do we have the Smash Cut we have the sound effects that go with it and then usually he stops the music so he transitions out of the music then he does the cut along with the sound effect and then he transitions into more music so like you guys you guys know I harp on transitions a lot especially yeah. when it comes to these top notch directors he always gets it right. Every time he does not make a misstep with his with his transitions. I think I'll, I'm sorry. Have you completed that point? Yeah, we're good. We're good. <laughs> I wanted to. That's bring what in... he's trying to get on me on the producer side. <laughs> and you're totally right. Dude. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So I wanted to to go along with that fact before we get into the whatever you want to call them the meat and potatoes. Right. Um, I wanted to talk about the soundtrack, um, mm-hmm. the score, the whatever you want to call it. Um, I think he's probably one of the best uh, alongside with Tarantino as far as linking scenes with music. Mm -hmm. He's up there with, yeah, Tarantino and Edgar Wright. Yeah. I mean, I was, and and it's such a weird way how he plays it. There's some scenes where it's it's straightforward and the the music aligns completely. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, blinders on, looking forward, linear, Mm -hmm. um, done and out, which matches up perfectly. And there's other scenes where they make he uses you, the music as a sound effect essentially yeah exactly yeah. and they and, and he and he makes you feel a different way than what you're supposed to be feeling mm-hmm. and then it, you wind up feeling both of them mm-hmm. and i think that's important on a lot of levels especially when you're dealing with are we allowed to say pikey yeah right. should we should we get into that a little bit <laughs> right, well, hold, Just, on, hold on so so especially if, when you're when you're dealing with uh people that have like kind of um, multiple things in front of them mm-hmm. or uh, are trying to attack um, multiple facets of one direction. I, mm-hmm. He takes the tail end and, and turns it into making it a really good sound. And it, it kind of creeps me out a little bit sometimes how good at, how good he is at this. Mm-hmm. It's like he, he uses complete opposite feeling Mm -hmm. in his music to bring forth more feeling he's really good at offsetting i'm sorry that sounded jumbled but you're you're good you're good he he uses the music to offset the characters and where i think where this affects you personally the most is he doesn't use the the soundtrack to put the audience off kilter like a lot of directors would he uses it to set the stage for the people on screen but he never pulls he never pulls the audience out of it. Like you, you, you have the same tone for the audience through every single scene. It's the characters who are feeling this soundtrack. Yeah. And I was, I, I, I was more enthralled, even though the, 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 <clears throat> the score didn't match up with the, with the tape mm-hmm. more enthralled because of that. Mm-hmm. It, it made my brain, my, my, my brain twist a little bit. You well, know it sets you up with the tension and release for exactly. suspense. Yeah. And it's like, <clears throat> 
it'll do an opposite too, where it's like going to lead into a boring s- start of a next scene, but mm-hmm. he amps you up so much in the end of this scene. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. you're you're left like, well, yeah, what the fuck happened? Or you know what I mean? You or, got two stories unfolding yeah. throughout this whole thing, so it's you're constantly going back and forth between yeah. the story of the diamond and mm-hmm. the, the story of of the boxing promoters. Well, mm-hmm. and with with writers who who use like these these ensemble stories that that talk about. So many, so many different storyline storylines are going on at the same time. Like you look at Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, every story starts off boring and then it builds, and then before at the chapter break, you're at a peak, and then it brings you right back down to the start of another story. So you're never. It's like shifting a manual transmission. Yeah, but where that was like with Game of Thrones, where the series wasn't even like the books weren't done mm-hmm. being written before the series was done. Right. It's kind of like there's so many more. Um, yeah, there's more than two stories going on at the same time, but they kind of had to get really creative mm-hmm. writers to continue right. this thing. Yeah. And some of it didn't make sense, and so that's totally fair. So we're this this yeah. like yeah, it's it's a movie the, and yeah. not a, a series. I think, so right? the, the, I think the, he's got a gift. I yeah, think he's got a gift. He's for good that. at this. He's it's a, the, it's, the pacing it's is flawless. so it's so fast. We mm-hmm. we talked, we've had major discussions about pacing. <laughs> so I think uh, this one it's it's so fast and it's so hard to keep up. But like Shasti was saying earlier. Um, about um, the narration of um, Jason Statham's yeah, character, Turk, Turkish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it brings it all together because he's he's got such a, a slow approach, a slow, deliberate, mm-hmm. um, just at... Like he, that line, now we are fucked. Yeah. You know, and, and, that, that's and his if Tommy's style, not yeah. praying right now, he should be. Right. You yeah. know, it's it, he's he, he is he is the voice of, mm-hmm. of God at, at this it's point. It's very much so. So I mean, in if this were it a book, really he would be that um, omniscient narrator yeah. is what they would call it. Okay. So th- it's very difficult to to transition that concept onto film because it's so tough to to see what's inside a character's head. You either need to have narration, or you need to have these people have this stuff come out in conversation. And Guy Ritchie does the narration right. Like if you go back and watch Dune, they literally just mm. sit on somebody's face while they're thinking and there's narration guy Ritchie is still showing you action and he's giving you that backstory yeah. but he's he kind of slows down the dialogue on screen so that you can get the yeah. narration and then dive right back into the scene yeah. and i think a perfect spot to think about that exact point you're making is when mm-hmm. um tommy after after <laughs> he was after they put gorgeous george into a bare neck <laughs> knuckle boxing match yeah. with a uh g word um I know Josh Pikey. is saying this shit because I, <laughs> we're, know we're Dollop, back I know Dollop had an episode where it was about gypsies and they ended up getting a ton of emails saying, yeah. can't say this, can't say that. And, yeah. and, I mean, and, should we and, cover and, that right now? No, no, yeah. yeah. We're just going to say this as a disclaimer. Anybody can correct us if they feel the need, but as a disclaimer, we that's where uh, we started this at. And in the movie, like they say fucking mm-hmm. Pikey, like it's a bad thing, but that's what we're going on. Yeah, off so, of because that's the the character. Yeah, so we, we can we can before we can go for it because I, it's a, it's that word that I yeah I didn't just, realize how much of the Pikey a, their characters are I didn't pikes. know how much of a yeah so so the I, just so everybody knows what we're, the word gypsy is a is a very strong slur, um so we're we're going to do everything we can to avoid it. It is used a lot in this movie, so it may come up in clips here and there, but. Um, we're just going to say Pikey. The, yeah, the alternate term here is Pikey for this group of people, which is still kind of a derogatory term, but it's... It's I, what they're... That's what they they go by. They're re- referred to in the movie. Yeah. In the film, so... And if we slip... We apologize. Sorry. Yeah. So these... <laughs> these Pikeys. Yeah, these Pikeys. 
Pikers. <laughs> Gorgeous George. So, can I start with my favorite scene? Yeah, please. It's kind of early in the movie. Um, I got like two. Like dogs. Yeah, like dogs, huh? So, one of my favorite scenes of this whole movie is when Tommy brings uh, Gorgeous George into the Pikey campsite mm-hmm. and uh, wants to buy wants to buy a caravan. Whatever, caravan. 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 And uh, so (laughs) they buy this caravan from Mickey, which Mickey is Brad Pitt, and he comes to be a player later on in this this movie. Um, But they're hauling this caravan away, and it breaks. The axle takes, the Mm -hmm. axle stays, and the caravan goes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And uh, so they're like, no, we just want our money back, blah, blah, blah. I was like, what, what would anybody want with a broken caravan? <laughs> what do I want with a caravan with no wheels? What do I for a caravan? <laughs> and they, obviously, Gorgeous George is there. He's a big, strong man. Look at the size of this fucker. Look at the size of him. How big you think he is? Cup of tea for the big fella. He's a big man, that's for sure. <laughs> but, again, yeah, nobody brings a guy this size unless yeah. you want to... One of my favorite Bricktop lines is the next scene when Turk and, and Tommy have to go tell Bricktop. <laughs> and he's like, you lost Gorgeous George. It's not exactly a set of keys, yeah. is he? <laughs> All right, well, not I'm gonna go exactly back. inconspicuous, I'm gonna go back. I'm going to go back on the ultimate fight scene that gets me pumped up for days. <laughs> have at it. Have at it. For days. So basically they agree to, to fight you for it. Mm-hmm. I'll fight you I'll for fight it. fight you for it. So Caravan versus money. Ten grand. Mm-hmm. And they, they go in the Pikey's barn it seems like whatever and <clears throat> mickey is taking off his jackets ever so slowly and gorgeous george blasts him across the face like three times beats the shit out of him beats yeah. the shit and and you know and mickey just comes up like <laughs> ah, i've seen this before motherfucker you're a big motherfucker i want to take it down and so it keeps happening keeps happening keeps happening and gorgeous george is like I'm not. This is I'm sick. through with this. This is this sick. Is sick. You stay until the job's done. You're, you're not going anywhere. You stay until the job's done. And he goes, hop, hop, boys, stretches out his legs a little bit. And Gorgeous George throws this. all his bones like Bruce Lee. Gorgeous George throws this giant right, and Mickey uh, side swipes and. Right jabs his He got knocked the fuck out. Yeah. Knocked the fuck out. And it's, it's, it's that cutscene, split screen, stop mm-hmm. screen, bling, bling. It, it was like a. It's it's so photogenic. It's retarded. So those shots, props to Tim Murray's yeah. mm-hmm. too, right? But 100%. the, the that's I, how this whole movie starts. Right, right. So like, I love that shot sequence too. I also love when Brad Pitt gets knocked the fuck out and yeah, and he's the underwater. Last fight. Oh yeah, yeah underwater. They, yeah, they, I, dude, they they had this so dude. Good. Like this is this is nineties. They had this mm-hmm. motherfucker. Like they had a, a like imagine being a grip. On the set yeah, with yeah. a fucking mm-hmm. oxygen tank mm-hmm. and a scuba set, like holding the mouth guard out for Brad Pitt, just foaming mm-hmm. air out. Mm-hmm. And when he's out of breath, and like motherfuckers not like it maybe yeah. seal. Right. And he was coming. He was coming there and like he, he, like he 10 was working like straight, straight, straight yeah. horizontal. Yeah, like and you got you got guy Ritchie. Back. You got guy Ritchie in his in his headset or whatever. Yeah. However, he was communicating. Hundred percent. But mm-hmm. he's just like one more. We love you, dude. Please, one more, one more. But yeah, just yeah. for mm-hmm. like that split, another split scene. You know what I mean? Well, and I. I appreciate that scene especially, but every time somebody gets hit that hard. So, I'm assuming you guys have had concussions before. Uh, one only. Never been concussed. Guy. So one only. I've I've had a few that I know of. I've had a few. My brother um, had like seven. So yeah, 
<laughs> did you get knocked out? No. Or were you okay? So you're fam- woozy, you're woozy familiar with that around. underwater feeling. Yeah, yeah. Like you can't really hear a whole, a whole real well. Yeah. So it's like they they well, had maybe this I've visual been knocked out more than I thought. <laughs> they had this visual interpretation sports. of concussions that was it's that's how it feels. You yeah. feel like you're underwater, like yeah. you're just trying to catch your bearings and you're moving real slow. But you can kind of hear and mm-hmm. see and feel everything. Everything's it. kind of foggy, like you're hearing and underwater. Then, like, yeah, just I've like had that so, I've had that so, so, so Mikey's get, get your bell rung. Mickey's that pikey. I've never gotten run or knocked out. Mickey's that pikey that like once you hit him, he's he's coming back harder. Yeah, harder. Like the more you hit him, the more he's gonna mm-hmm. fucking fight you. Well, the and so he comes out of this fucking underwater scene, and he immediately fucking crushes this guy with the fucking right hook. And it's game over, and he and he's like laughing about it. But in, in my <laughs> shrugs his shoulders. In my opinion, like after all those fight scenes we talked about, you realize that even in the first scene when Gorge George is like, "This is sick," and you're yeah. not going anywhere till yeah. this is done. That was the first fight that Mickey fucking uh, set up, mm-hmm. not yeah. to throw, but like yeah. what what the boxing promoters and Turk and Tommy are trying to do at Brick Tops mm-hmm. the entire time with yeah. Gorgeous George yeah. was to throw the fight. I don't mm-hmm. think he, he no, meant no, to no. have his mom. Get burned alive, Does, but you know you're right. Though. You're right. No, you're right, but though. they say it at the end that we realize now that that he's been throwing or winning these fights mm-hmm. in the wrong round mm-hmm. because they're betting. They know they're that all the bookies and everybody yeah. who's in the know is betting that him to go down the fourth and they're round. They're betting against and he, he's either tro- you think he's trolling him or he yeah. fucks him over. And it ha- there's three fights. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And by the end of it, like not like yeah, mom dies, right? But they yeah. they they set up to kill all break tops guy and get his revenge. But give they, me the shoot. Uh, yeah, yeah, give me a shot. You want your fucking shoot, you bell end, you bloody rubbish. You bloody rubbish. No, but really, it's like Mickey was setting up the fights to the p- professional yep. promoters yep. who yeah. run the bookies. Well, it's like who I- set everything up. And he, yeah. like, dude, he's he fucking yeah. times time. It's, 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 it's the perfect it's a, grift. Yeah. It's how Turkish said, too. It's like, mm-hmm. you, you don't quite understand what a pikey says. And that they're very good at. At, at, at their at their craft mm-hmm. you know yeah. what i mean and because, in my in my conclusion if you know what i just said in the story and how the diamond ends up with the dog right mm-hmm. the dog was set up to be like a homing beacon to go back to the gypsies park yeah and it just so i happened to get a diamond but how even though even even though, even though twice, mickey like lost the, his all, mom, the, all the dogs go back yeah, to the exactly but he, <laughs> and they and turk and tommy had to go back there to find him. but mm-hmm. even though mickey lost his mom and everything like him setting up all those fights, you couldn't set Mickey off with the diamond and the dog at the end, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. Turk and Tommy had to go back and get yeah. something. Yeah. And yeah. Guy Ritchie always does that. It's like, everyone gets fucked in the end because, really, the entire cast that you, you mentioned, every single fucking character is a criminal. Mm-hmm. Every doesn't matter what side you're rooting for. Every single character every is a piece of shit. From so it's like, by the end yeah. of it, it's like, really, like that, that that's my favorite part about Guy Rich. You see it in Lockstock, Ooh. too. It's like when it comes mm-hmm. back home base and, the and, and all the yeah. loot gets split up, it's like everyone gets popped or dead or mm-hmm. gets killed. But then it's like you leave with the remnants. I think it was perfect, Turk yeah. and Tommy having like having the dog. The cops try to pop yeah. him mm-hmm. off. Oh, it's just the walk. genius. It's the Tommy, genius. Tommy, go get the dog. <laughs> everyone. He's like, Daisy, what, come here, boy. He says, Daisy, come here, boy. I mean, you're rooting for, you're rooting for, obviously, we all pick and choose our favorite characters or char- character outcome but you're rooting for for thugs yeah you know what i mean and yeah. you're rooting yeah. for it's a, that's you're, you're rooting it, for the honorable thieves one of the best crime movies yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? we do we've done a lot of crime movies but this mm-hmm. is like like even in heat you know what i mean there's mm-hmm. the clear good guy and bad guy and you're like yeah this is this that's is the like we behind him the difference here is like we we cover a lot of, of heist movies this is the first like real grift movie and I would say that with a semi heist, 
A little bit, yeah. <laughs> like there's there's a heist that sets it off, but the story is built on a grift. Like even yeah, even like uh, you know movies comparable um, like Ocean's Eleven. Like there's that's about a heist. Like yeah. this is about the grift. Mm-hmm. This is a very unique a world, kind of story. It, and if you think about it, it's a worldwide grift. Like I think it's also important to think of the geography throughout the whole story, right? Because yeah. Turkish Turkish gives the answer, and it's like, where do you even find a diamond that big? You got to go to where mm-hmm. diamonds are from. And he's like Antwerp. You know, mm-hmm. It's in Belgium, so it's like where Frankie Fourfingers mm-hmm. yeah. is is being a, a pretend to be a Hasidic the Jew rabbi, yeah. to rob it, right? Yeah. And when he, after he's done with the heist, he's going back to the airport. He gives Boris the Blaze's cousin his gun. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. how he initially gets set up. Yeah, he gets a ball rolling. But so you got you go from Antwerp, Germany, and Benicio del Toro's character Forky. Frankie Fourfingers is going to London, mm-hmm. right? Because there's probably no international airports like. In Belgium, right there, right? You fly right. out of Heathrow from London, mm-hmm. right? That's as close to the States as you can be, right? Boom. Obviously, yeah. in New York. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he's going from Antwerp to London for a couple days only. Don't gamble. Don't gamble. <laughs> and then he's going to go meet Avi in New York from London. And that's mm-hmm. like, that's world. And, and you got to think the Russian guys are Ubikistani. Ubik yeah. they're, they're between Afghanistan and fucking where mm-hmm. Boris from Kazakhstan. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So go back, you got yeah. Belgium. To Kazakhstan area, to fucking London, yeah. to New York. Frankie Four Finger Bet. It's a lot of bad guys. There's, yeah. I'm coming to London. London? London? I'm going to London. 86 carats. Where? London. 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 London? Yes, London. You know, fish, chips, cup of tea, bad food, worse weather, merry fucking popping as well. <laughs> God, I love that shit. <laughs> Cousin Avi is so good, dude. <laughs> so, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna shift a little bit away from the story itself and go back to kind of the uh, the production angle and and kind of go back to our cinematographer. So, not only is he is he you know lining up the shots and lining up the cuts, but he he kind of sets up Guy Ritchie's style here. Um, using all those those tilted angles or the the Dutch angles, so the everything's angles? a little Dutch angles. What's, uh, that, what's what do you mean by that? Uh, so the unlike a Dutch oven, this has this has nothing to do with that. Uh, the Dutch angles are that so uh, I'll fart on you, right? Tonight, so the, <laughs> the camera is tilted, okay. so the the shot is a little off kilter, mm-hmm. um, but still fills the full frame. Okay, so is that? Use more for framework of mentality, or um, he uses it a lot for transition. Okay. Um. So when or not, oh, not, not really transition, it. not to mention, but a uh, uh, scene setup. Yeah. Like shot setup. So Beginning when he after, when he transitions right. into a new room, he'll yeah. he'll have a a Dutch angle setup, and so the camera's tilted, and you you begin the conversation, you begin the, begin the scene in that angle, and then the next shot is a regular. Is a regular pan ninety degree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you're you're sitting on what they call the one eighty. Cool. Um, that's cool. And he's very like it's very easy to lose your geography, as they say in in cinematography. You can lose where you are in the room. Yeah. So being able to effectively use those angles and use the space around you, um, like we look at the fights where he's constantly moving the camera, he still never breaks that one eighty rule. He never crosses a certain yeah. line. So yeah. you, you're always aware of what's what room you're in and That's where everything cool. is one so, perspective or the other exactly like, exactly he's really good at that so what did you say the uh the budget was again for this one 10 mil 10 mil 10 mil 
Yeah. In 95-ish? Uh, I mean, it was released in 2000, so it was probably filmed in late 99, okay. early okay. 2000. So wow. with the shots, like you're saying, and mm-hmm. the directing and editing style we were talking about before, it's like really straight to the point in your mm-hmm. face or like drawn out in your face still, whether it's cutscene mm-hmm. or slow motion, but it, um, there's... Um, Sorry, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> it's the devil's no, I was, I was going to say, there's, there's, like, it's, it's really straightforward. There's not much like expressionalism mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Because it's so in your face. But he still does some of those artsy. Yeah. Uh, right? Because there's, there's um, like, the over-the-shoulder shots are usually accompanied by a CTV camera. Yeah. So you have the old box-style TV mm-hmm. when, like, Saul and Vinny are talking to each other or when uh, Frankie Four Fingers is robbing the... Yeah, uh, in, in Antwerp, robbing like the, the, bank. the bank. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like you have those in there, which I think are huge because the whole turning point between the two mo- or two storylines that are unfolding of the diamond and the boxing promoters is mm-hmm. when Saul and Vinny have to go and rob the bookies. Yeah, yeah. That happens to be Bricktop's bookies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That happens to tie the two stories together. And once mm-hmm. once Perfect. once once Bricktop is yeah. in there with Arrow looking at the security cameras, and they're like, yeah. oh, I don't recognize yeah. these guys talking about Saul and Vinny. But then Tyrone walks in to let him out. This is perfect. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, he's like, this Tyrone, is, is he's weird. like, you silly fucker, I yeah. got you. But that's like, the security camera is how they pop that off. And yeah. you, you see, you don't see any security yeah. camera footage after mm-hmm. that, but you see it three times or four times before Yeah, that. you see it in Antwerp, you see it uh, at, at Soul's Place, and yeah. then you see the it. The pawn shop yeah. on Smith Street, can maybe I, porn can shop. Can I, shop. Can I put a little bit more on that one? Yeah. yeah so as far as, like, I think that there's a lot of comedy to this movie, you know? But I think that, the most comedy lies on the um, the job given to Soul, um, Vinny, and Tyrone. Mm-hmm. Um, Just like the everyman of the story. It's, it, it's, it's fucking hilarious. I mean, like, they're, they're given a job that they don't know anything about, and they're like, here's 10, like, we'll give you 10 grand. They're mm-hmm. like, the diamond's worth, like, fucking fuck all, you know, like, right. huge amounts of money. And they brought in Tyrone, and he's a fucking fat fuck. And, <laughs> and he's. Drop like, the he, gun, fat boy. <laughs> he's. He's the getaway driver. And so he steals this car that's like the same size as him. <laughs> and like the my favorite part of that, like how it kind of came to be when they like stopped. Um and, and Tyrone's gotta get out to like mm-hmm. go, whatever it was, go get gas. That's that's the first time he realized he's the getaway driver. Yeah, and he's like he's like his leather coat's like squishing his coat. <laughs> it takes like thirty seconds trying to wiggle out of he's this fucking Prius or whatever. The, the handlebar to get out. Yeah. <laughs> so the, uh, these guys are like the comic relief, it seems like. So mm-hmm. So that happens, and then also um, Tyrone, like he's a getaway driver, and he's like, what, "What's wrong with that place over there?" He backs up into the van where yeah. Frankie Four Fingers. The, the the entire movie would have been and on point. Can't get out. The entire movie would have been on point. They would have had their old. Everything would have went smoothly if if Tyrone's fat fucking ass didn't take that. It was a phony angle. And he you could land a 747 <laughs> over there. And he, gone, crushed but... the, he crushed the van into Frankie Fourfinger. It's a phony angle. And they sat there so nobody saw the damage. So they sat there mm-hmm. nonstop and they went after some other fucking poor cocksucker in there. The whole movie, that's. But that had to have happened. That's the, but that's for, for my Frankie opinion, Fourfinger's to get mugged. Mm-hmm. Like of they course. fucked up the robbery because Tyrone's an idiot, but exactly. he pinned him in his own like Right, his he own got, truck, him stuck. got him stuck. And then Boris is fucking hacking. I would say everything would have went according to plan. This was that him? This wouldn't have been a How movie. How many fingers did he yeah, have? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, no, <sorry. laughs> oh, was that him? I don't know. How many fingers did he have? 
I'm sorry, I couldn't get the binoculars out in time. Binoculars. <laughs> exactly. Fucking line. So I'm saying everything that this movie is it is yes. going after could have been solved if fucking fat ass fucking But like I said, that's, Tyrone didn't crush the bus. But that behind was his that was the pivotal ass. point of the movie. Everything's done. To, to tie the two stories of the I know. I know. I know, but there would it wouldn't have, uh, there wouldn't have been a movie. Right. right. That, that, I think But imagine if he did the whole everything movie, he did. The whole movie hinges on that. Imagine mm-hmm. if he did everything he did, right? Mm-hmm. But he didn't open up the door for his friends to come out and right. not even know it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's like another yeah. Well, and it's it's believable coincidence. Yeah, it's not. Nobody's jumping the shark here. And I want to say real quick while we're on this that when Tyrone gets out of the car, like you're saying, like you don't know he's the getaway driver here, right? They're mm-hmm. just in there, they're getting gas, and he's getting out, to, and it takes. <laughs> don't him, let that dog bite my it seats. Takes, it's a stolen car, Tyrone. <laughs> it's, oh, I'm on the driver. It's my car. <laughs> but he gets sorry. I, it, it, I'm just saying. I'm just saying this. This. Like Guy Ritchie is the director, I'm, mm-hmm. and he's a writer of this, right? So, yeah. like in this style, you get all of this motion, uncomfortable. This guy, car, they're yeah. looking at some video, looking at what the fuck, and like then he gets out, and he's like, "That's the getaway driver." Versus where like Tarantino will be like, "Oh hey, you killed." 30, yeah. You're not gonna tell him about how you killed thirty people and then gonna escape from this. And, you know mm. what I mean? Like Tarantino was big yeah. on like the dialogue Dial- explaining mm-hmm. what's like telling you before. Yeah. To yeah. to to have the other character be like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm gonna tell you this fucked up story, like yeah, Samuel yeah. Jackson. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's one style versus the other, and I don't know which one I love more. See, because I, I love, and I love so, the visuals. They're so shit. similar and so so opposite. It's like right, yeah, it's sure. like I have I, I have thought for a long time that Tarantino was the best at. At movie dialogue, but rewatching this movie, I think Guy Ritchie might take the cake. You gotta watch Lock Stock because, again, dude. Yeah, yeah, I definitely do. Because like the he he has those quirky ways that like Tarantino says stuff. Like uh, there's one point where uh, Vinnie Jones says, "All right, boys, pull up your socks." Like that is the most brilliant way I've ever heard anybody mm-hmm. say "duck." Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's that's that's a Tarantino thing, but it's something that like. It flows so well with the normal dialogue that's in the movie that Tarantino doesn't... He's great at it, but I think Guy Ritchie might be better but because of the way he, I, he blends it together. I agree with you, but I think Tarantino is... <clears throat> Tarantino versus... Um, Guy Ritchie. Um, Tarantino moves slower. But we're just saying like that pacing. scene. Pa- and the, their I know, but, style, but I'm saying like, imagine that scene, like, like Tarantino sometimes, doing that scene. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Like I just yeah. said, they show Tyrone struggling to get Tarantino's out of the car before known they say. For his, for his dialogue. He is, and that's that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, Richie is known Richie for his pacing. Like, the pull, off, pull up your socks thing, that mm-hmm. doesn't work for Tarantino's like uh, yeah. speech pattern. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we just said Tyrone, like it's ta- it's a minute mm-hmm. of him getting out of the car before they say it's a getaway driver. Yeah. Well, and like where Tarantino, Tarantino takes takes phrases that are it, they're they're a normal part of the lexicon and so like you look at uh uh word bank greg <laughs> lexicon word bank <laughs> let me just spank bank that one you you look at um uh his first movie um reservoir dogs yeah and the the scene where uh you know anybody else would have said you shoot him then i shoot you or if you shoot him i'll shoot you Tarantino says, "You shoot him, you die next." Guy Ritchie takes the fr- he takes a one word phrase, "duck," and he makes it so eloquent. Perfect. Pull up your socks, boys. Yeah, that's what I was just 
Perfect. Yeah. It's money. It's, it, that's what that's separates money. the two of them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what I said. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a reason we do these shows together. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. We're all kind of on the I'm same. Always, I'm always, always I'm always we shopping. all sparkle. I'm always shopping for the hundred dollar word with forty dollars, <laughs> and Josh just throws a lexicon in there real quick. I was like, "What the fuck is lexicon?" All right, let's roll. He's the writer. Uh, yeah. Right. Well, and, so and, I, and so forget, I tell people, unless he forgets again this unless year. I'm not allowed to forget this year. <laughs> but uh, so cool. We we've covered a lot of great points. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of my favorite characters, or my favorite character. Is Bricktop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think Bricktop is the, he's like the Austin Powers bad guy kind of guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> Personified but, you know, a terrible power. Everybody knows him. He's got these big thugs around him and mm-hmm. he's got the, the crooked. F- it's, it's well, not, not, it's not, not that everyone it, knows him. It's <laughs> not, yeah, apparently. But it's not that his teeth are bad, but he's got that fucking sideways grit. He's got on the, his jaw. The, the English teeth. Yeah, yeah the English, and he's English all about pigs. You can take a 200 pound man. Chop what, him up into six pieces. What he says is true about the pigs. Yeah. That's a real thing. Starve them for a couple of days. You throw them down. They can go through 200 pounds of human fresh in eight minutes. I'm not saying this is why I like you him. Wanna, you want to lose the fucking teeth and you want to lose it. Yeah. I'm not saying this is the reason why I like him, but it's a reason that adds on to his whole persona. Is The first scene that you see him, he's poking the dog in the cage. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's like, I put you in front of another dog, you piss your That's pants, but I poke you with a he's fucking the, stick. He is like the, the, he is the badass. He is like the, the guy that's looming over this mm-hmm. entire movie. Well, he says it himself, like, you're walking on thin ice and I'll be underneath it when it breaks. Yep. Yeah, when Turning Tommy His, yeah. his one-liners so, are so great. Fucking, mm-hmm. like, goody gumdrops. Goody gumdrops, yeah. Uh, and, and like Cut Turkish, your fucking Jacobs off. Tur- in Turkish... Turkish, I don't need any shit. I don't sweet no. fucking <laughs> Dude, the guy is cinematic gold as far as he that is. goes, he you is. know? He's he's great. There's if, like if the... I asked you if I asked you to talk or give your opinion, I'd give it to you. Whatever the fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah. If I throw a dog a bone, I don't want to know if it tastes good. Good, yeah. If so it's good. What if I told you about thinking? You're not yeah. good at it. Bricktop's my favorite character in this movie. I I, I think he's hilarious. I, I, and I didn't know that until last night when I watched mm. this movie yeah. again critically. Like I said before, I, I watched this movie many, many, many times. And I love this movie. But I watched it critically, like to, yeah, yeah, yeah. as to talk to you fine folks tonight, <laughs> and I I loved it more because it, it, there was so much more depth that I didn't get before. And it and it's not just bricked up; it's, yeah. it's, it's it's Turkish and it's it's Tommy. Tommy's I think Tommy's little bitch boy fucking character <laughs> is a huge part. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that he was crying. He's like, got a surprising real, arc. Yeah. Seriously, and, he, and and the gun thing, mm-hmm. you know, like did you did you fucking shoot? He needs him? he needs <laughs> he needs gorgeous George to protect him in the beginning, and then at the end yeah. he's saving his. Brother. Well, we said yeah. that the, the the two stories of the diamond and the fight tied together at mm-hmm. Bricktop's bookie, but really, if that doesn't take place, the mm-hmm. other point it ties together is that after that Tommy's character arc, right? Mm-hmm. They they go maybe it's right before, but they 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 drive Turkish and and uh, Tommy are driving to. Go mm-hmm. to uh, Boris the Blade's house yeah. to yeah. get another gun because yeah. Tommy's going to show my feelings. Yeah. Turk says, "You really got them minerals, don't you, Tommy?" Yeah, you know what I mean. How you feel? Yeah. And then Boris grabs him by the fucking nuts yeah. and shoves, shoves him, him into the, the wall. Fucking- <laughs> yeah. 
that's an cross because yeah. Boris is already going for the diamond. They yeah. he gave them the gun. And he gave There's the crash fucks. scene where no Tommy <laughs> Tommy's got the milk. He takes the milk from Turk yeah. and throws it out the window. That crashes the car, which yeah. eventually gets Boris. The and that's blade, another right? Guy Ritchie thing. Boris it's like the, the, blade, the, the reconnect right? that Guy Ritchie Boris does the in blade, all this yeah. shit. Like that, As in he, Boris the Bullet Dodger. He's 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 a freak. Why do they call him the Bullet Dodger? Because he does his bullets heavy. <laughs> Guy Ritchie's a freak of like linking the non-linkable. I he, feel like dude, brings, he adds so much. It's like a believable coincidence. It's it's like a, a spider web that goes out, and then at the end of the movie, it all comes in, and it all pinpoints on one fucking mm-hmm. fact. And in, in this movie, it's that fucking milk jug. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. you know, and it like, all comes back to that. And like and you said, everybody make, meets, everybody's there, and it's holy shit. It's now like it's Mickey's mom war. dies, and he mentions for one line that Mickey was setting up fights. Like the the guy Richie puts in principles. He was on Rogan mm-hmm. for a huge you know huge podcast, and he's he's talking about all these principles from like, Rogan sucks. That's fine. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I like you can't you. talk about the podcast guy. <laughs> like, we're cursed now. We're cursed forever. You have to pray to the podcast guy. For, I'm just, I, if you want this, hey, that's what I was doing. Say, when you when you go to that uh, Howlerhead thing, Howlerhead Moretti's. <laughs> Take me to UFC. <laughs> anyway, sorry, that's a sluggish. Yeah, it's fine. Guy, Guy Ritchie, it's it, it's just funny. He's talking about books. He's talking about books. That he's reading about his own philosophy that he's he's used to develop his style and mm-hmm. that he uses every day to wear his suit and to be his own person. And that's he talks about how that goes into his writing. Not even his, his directing style. That's obvious. But mm-hmm. when he talks about that going into his writing, oh. it's all the it's all the things that you're unveiling when you yeah, watch it the third sure. or fourth or fifth time. You know so, what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that those are the things where he's like you're he's like the movie's there it's yeah. it's it's fire by itself when yeah. you're ready to like mm-hmm. peel that layer to yeah. get to that next level then you're there you he don't you don't, no loose you don't, ends, you don't need to do that though but to enjoy the whole picture mm-hmm. so do you, you know, know what i mean do you know, do you know a little bit about guy Ritchie? do you like not much he no. uh at 15 years old he dropped out of school okay mm-hmm. and went into went into film as mm-hmm. a as like a grip as mm-hmm. a as a as a, i, I want to help out any way i can as a roadie yeah, road, road, yeah. A road soda. A He's fifteen years old. He he, he said, "Fuck it all. I'm I'm done with school. All this kind of shit." And decided to go into film, mm-hmm. and not as a director, not as a writer, but he was around it. And mm-hmm. yeah, that we're talking about a fifteen year old kid who decided that he knew what he wanted, mm-hmm. and went for it mm-hmm. against everyone's. Yeah. Beyond toll of saying you're a fucking retard. Like my whole philosophy in life is not to create some like little insignificant world that I can become king of. But his is but his is his, his is exactly is, that. Is, it's yeah. that. Yeah. It's like put on whatever fucking suit you're gonna go do Seriously. and be that and you're mm-hmm. gonna go at fifteen years yeah. old, he knew that he was gonna be Guy Ritchie. Like, like his that's not good for guy. me, but that's awesome for no, him. Say, yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. I mean it's 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 like that weird <laughs> Backward ass Cinderella story where it's like, I'm gonna do what the fuck I gotta do, and mm-hmm. you guys can all suck my dick. You gotta love Guy Ritchie. Yeah, just for like that. Cinderella. Just like Cinderella. <laughs> just like Cinderella. Stop cleaning, cleaning up the, the sets and, and okay, write a movie. I'm tracking, write I'm a tracking. movie, why don't you? <laughs> but seriously, though, you're not wrong. Guy Ritchie yeah. quit his entire education at 15. To pursue his fucking dream, he's like, I'm gonna drop out of school at 15. He's like, I'm gonna be fucking Madonna. Yeah, <laughs> right he's like, about 10 let years. the kids watch. 
Let the kids. He watch. can feel it deep down in his plums. <laughs> Seriously, I don't. I got a little. I I, I got a lot of respect for Gavin Richie the way he writes his yeah. his films. And we're um, definitely going to be covering more of more of his work in the future. It's like I I want to see like current movies at that standard, and you mm-hmm. don't even get that a lot of times. So you think about you know this coming out you twenty don't. years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. I, yeah. I don't know the date, but I mean, we're. I like think it was August. Two decades yeah, so just, from yeah. when this movie came out, and, and it's, he's, not he's, only does it hold up, it kind of sets the bar for what you, what I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to see and he's a, a relatively a uh, younger guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't think he's even fifty. You know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. a, he's, yeah, he might, he might be. 50. I think probably he's close, but yeah. I mean, he's not, he's not like. Spielberg's age, you know, he hasn't been around that long. He's been crushing, but he still he still puts out hit after hit, you know, and he he's smart about it. He gaps his his films, so he's he's not putting out a movie every year. He's putting out right. The right you can movie tell when that when, when he did snatch, he said that he didn't because he admitted that a lot of scenes that didn't make Lockstock into Smoking Barrels made it into Snatch and were mm-hmm. were uh, inspirations for him to continue the 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 the, the plot. Mm-hmm. But he also said that he doesn't want this to be lock, sock, and three smoking barrels. Right. You know, he right. really made emphasis on it. And even though it, they came out like two years within each other, mm-hmm. and after that he did gap a lot of his movies out, it's like the next one you like think about is like the Sherlock Holmes movies. Mm-hmm. And it's like he waited, like you said, play the waiting game yeah. as as like the progression of production comes along. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Dude, those narration scenes they hear with Turk, kind of yeah. like Lockstock and and, yeah. and Two Smoking Barrels, like you think of the same narration directing, right? But shitty cameras, mm-hmm. right? So that's like your 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 pivotal point of Guy Ritchie, mm-hmm. and you and you, you you you. It's just I love the the film. Yeah, you know what I mean, I love film, great film. Yeah, but it's like if you fast forward after like film. not hearing about him, but and it's like Sherlock Holmes. With all with, yeah. with the same Super, narration, the same fight scenes, yeah. but with a steady cam. But so yeah. steady, exactly. and it's yeah. and it's Sherlock Holmes. Exactly. Like, I'm gonna yeah. crush the windpipe in three yeah. places, yeah. and it's a three to Perfect. five day recovery time, unless I mm-hmm. twist my yeah. thumb and he's fucking dead now. Right. It's just like yeah, no, it's it's yeah. He, he played he and he found he he found his home. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like he could just keep kept doing his. He's done it for so long. He, Twenty years since Snatch came out, and yeah. another few years before Lockside, he just keep doing his same thing. And like I said, mm-hmm. as these guys like more these big names, like, like, it's, like yeah. it's like uh, 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 I forgot the name of the uh, of. Is it a recent movie of his, The Gentleman? No, we we're talking about uh, Sherlock Holmes. Oh, I'm 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 not tracking. Sorry. Are we talking Jeez. about the actor? Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. and Owen Will- uh God darn it. Gosh Jude darn Law. it. Jude Law. Okay. Jude Law. Yes. Josh. Thank continue you. Greg's <laughs> save 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 my day, Josh. For sure. I'm sorry. I totally You're good. I just wasn't sure what direction. You're trying to figure out the actors? Yeah. Well okay. no, but I'm saying he's now he's working with these Oh, yes. 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 And yes. now like now that they're able to continue this structure that well, these it, giant, yeah. these giant. Fast forward to the gentleman, and that's an even bigger deal. Where like he's got, uh, uh, he, uh, he, oh, God damn it, the guy that was in all those. Jula, I'm just no. kidding. I think Jula might be in that, but he's, I, then I he's saved got you, um, you saved me. I mean, he's got Jax from from uh, Sons of Anarchy. Mm. He's got Hugh, whatever Jackman, not Jackman, not Laurie, <laughs> the other Hugh, the one that was in all the the, the chick flicks. Yeah, so he's, he's got like this super stack. Colin uh, Colin Farrell's we, in that movie. We, is it, maybe it's like that. Just the timing. Like the last thirty seconds, we just have to like fuck. <laughs> our brain just went like fuck all. 
That's what it feels like. <laughs> we, we both just had shut down. What just happened right there? It's like the, are we still talking about Sinatra? Uh, <laughs> is well, this you know what? That, Mercury's that, in retrograde. We are, I don't know. I don't know. I that don't said, know. we're we're getting off a of snatch. So let's let's get into our uh, we're getting our final off a snatch. Segment. Yeah, we're, we pounded snatch. So let's let's get off let's snatch. get off a snatch. Um, so let's get into our our final section, which is uh, taco ratings. So, uh, do you want to hear the Rotten Tomatoes before or after? After. Let's start doing them after. Okay. I think it'd be more interesting. Um, Greg, would you like to start? How many tacos would you give this? And what kind of tacos didn't you? Out of a hundred, how many tacos? Um, okay, Chewbacca. I'm gonna give this this movie this movie right here. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to start? No. Okay. I want to think about it. Just well, I'm gonna write mine down. <laughs> let's so you know let's have true. an awkward silence some more. Let's keep our listeners intrigued. Do, um, do, 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 this is one of my favorites. This is a great thing. There's so many things that go into this movie, and there's so many things that go out of this movie. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. This movie gets eighty-eight tacos. Eighty-eight okay. tacos. Chasty? 88. 88? Dang, I knew it. I'm giving it an 88, too. No way. I think this is the Dude, first time we've like, all agreed. So, hold on. Let's just let's just recognize 88 that 88, 88 is the miles per hour to go to the future, and this is our first <laughs> this is our first segment of the new year. We just unlocked a whole new podcast. What did we just do? Did we just level up? We do, we I think Shasi's right. We had just unlocked a new podcast. Oh my goodness! All right, so Rotten Tomatoes gave this a seventy-three. Fuck you! I, right. that's I was going to preface low. my if I was going to go first, I was going to preface it by saying you know fuck fuck the tomatoes, <laughs> right? Tacos, fuck the tomatoes, all tacos are the way to go. Raw tomato, right? Eat some tacos. Unless they're Greg's tomatoes, I don't want them. Yeah, I don't want those. And honestly, in a, in a good taco, you're only getting cilantro and onions. So fuck all. Right. That's let all that, I had in my let that barbacoa or that lengua really shine through. So that I said, love that snatch. That's that said. If you like what you heard today in all of its ridiculous, wonderful glory, um, run on over to our Patreon and support us there. Um, our subscribers have access to early access to all of our uh, our podcasts. They have a bunch of exclusive episodes and exclusive content, and that's where we probably interact the most with our our fans uh, and uh, the 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 ground team, the street team. Street team, yeah. And then if you uh, if you want to head on over to our YouTube channel, uh, we have all of our podcasts loaded up there, and we also have a video series called Thesis Statement, where I am allowed to talk for ten to fifteen minutes about something that has been bugging me for a while. Oh, and Greg is not there to rein me in, so it gets off the off the rails occasionally. Um, so the first episode, I lucky pardon. you. First episode I released was uh, about why the Joker is so popular. The second episode that came out uh, just back in December was about Man- Manic Pixie Dream Girls. Got a bunch of good episodes coming up there, and we've also got a couple of uh, new YouTube shows coming down the pike this year. Uh, personally, you can find me on Twitter at the Price is Right three one two. That's R I G H T. On Instagram at the Forgetful Writer three one two. And I probably should lose that moniker because I'm not allowed to be forgetful anymore. I am supposed to remind you that I wrote a book. 
I wrote a young adult fantasy novel called Reaper. It is the first in a series called The Gatekeepers. You can find it on Amazon.com, BarnesNoble.com, anywhere you buy your books online in hardcover, paperback, and ebook. And I should be hearing any day now about our possibilities of doing an audiobook as well. Finally! The new year is I, upon us. I miss my I miss the bit of being forgetful. I liked it. Mm, not anymore. <laughs> well, uh, Grego, where can we find you? Ah, uh, the Foscaster, baby cakes. Find me there. Hear me there. Yeah. Um. So you've got a you've got another show where you're kind of point man. Do you not? Yeah. You know I'm. Uh, we're getting into some snug stuff. Um. You know I. It's called the Foscast, and we're pointing out unique individuals that are qualified mm-hmm. to reign supreme on just changing subjects, changing frame of mind. Changing reign supreme on your mind, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like that. Uh, perception versus perceiving the way you want to feel. Let's okay. party. Perception versus perception. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Give some, some insight and some perspective. Perception Absolutely. versus paradigm. Yeah. And we had a lot Shifting. of. We, actually, we have a really a, a good group of people that lined up here. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really yeah, excited we some, to uh, we got to share their of, stories and, and and be a part of that. Um, just 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 trying to change the way everybody thinks, you know, including myself. You yeah. know, just hearing people out for what they have to say. So pump for twenty twenty one. Yeah, we'll be digging into it. We'll be digging into it. And last but certainly most, the master of the mix. The Where master. can we find you online? You guys can find me at PriceIsRight.com or <laughs> search this fucking podcast or tell your friends and mm. find me right here. Yeah, I get down on Twitter. I say some dumb shit. But He's very funny. I'm kind of funny. He's kinda a good funny. photographer, too, so hit him up on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shots got bands on Instagram and Twitter, B-A-N-D-Z. Or you guys can just come back and hang out with us here because it's a lot of yeah, fun. Man. Absolutely. Yeah. We're doing a lot of videos that Shots can have rains on, too. Yeah, yeah, we're doing some live stuff, doing some streaming, doing a YouTube 2021 is going to be the year of the P.I. Dub. You this guys, is, this you guys is the year of the come up. The year of the come up. You guys can see the whole sample talk show. Soon you guys will see that live, too. It'll be fun. Maybe you can learn something from our doctor. So, if I lose, huh? Fuck it, do the fight for free. Right. However, <laughs> fuck it. I'd like to say we love you and say goodbye. Do you understand a single word of what you just said? So what's heck two roof lights? Uh, the sign is house frame furniture, and the uh, scarf cushions with the uh, mats and shagpack cover. Yeah, right. It's a terrible parcel to the party with the blue bags. Have a man, sir. Clear, bags. Caravan. Caravan.